I'm Amy Pruitt, founder of Radiant Yoga and Wellness in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Lisa Dumas, creator of Warrior to Warrior Yoga Therapy. The word radiant is often used in Ayurveda as a state of being in response to balancing practices. A warrior can be embodied by learning to skillfully navigate the light and dark of life on and off the yoga mat. Welcome to continued conversations intended to inspire presence, perspectives, and an open heart. Thank you for being here for another episode of A Radiant Warrior. Okay. Hi, Amy. Hi, Lisa. We didn't want to talk too much before the episode began. We wanted to catch up in real time and start with our check-in. So how am I finding you? You are finding me in steamy, humid Columbus. I know that parts, many parts of the country are having a heat wave right now, but mm-hmm. we are definitely having a heat wave. So it's time for my hair to be really frizzy and us to be a little bit irritable and it's very hot. It's very hot right now. That's where I am. I mentioned just briefly uh, last episode that because of COVID, one of the, well, one of the reasons um, was COVID that we moved and we moved somewhere hot. We live in central California in the central Valley now. And here it's known for being very hot in the summer. I have not been here for a summer because we moved in the fall and it was still quite warm. I like warm temperatures, but what I understand is this is more like that dry heat. This is more like an oven and you're more like in a steam room right now. Yes, definitely in a steam room. Everything is just sticky and you feel like you need to take three showers a day and you're still sweating. It's just quite humid and quite hot. So yeah, that's where we are. And I find you in this heat wave, but what else? What else? How, where do I find your heart, your mind? All all in good places. My heart and my mind are, are very happy. I'm so joyful and so excited to be moving out of this pandemic and being able to visit loved ones and just savor sweet little moments and we bought a house Mm. yes we bought a house so i'm adding another thing to my plate because it needs so much work (laughs) so uh, you have just recently mentioned this to me this is a new development you and jeff have been looking for a while Um, During COVID, you sold a place and you've just been biding your time. Of course, real estate has been crazy everywhere. Um, And that's a little bit of what what I'll share in this episode, too, is some adventures in real estate. So you found a place. Tell us a little bit about it. We did. And it was very random how we found it because, like you said, the real estate market is crazy. And we had been looking and putting offers in on these houses that were way over ask and being up against 20 other offers and these crazy terms of what the sellers wanted. And I just got really frustrated and said, I'm done. We're going to wait until the fall or the winter and then we'll look again. And I don't tell my boss, but I was a little bored at work. And so I was like, oh, I'll just see what's happening in the local real estate market today. And we found this cute little house that is right where I wanted to be. It's close to family and close to the studio. And 
it is this little brick ranch house, which my mom really wanted me to have a ranch house for when I become a little old lady and can't do stairs. <laughs> she was really sold on me needing to get into a ranch house at this age. So I think she thinks I'm going to decline quickly. It's an interesting way of thinking of buying a house. <laughs> and um, the it was built in 1950 and it's only had one owner this this sweet family has owned it for its entire existence and speaking of the heat wave the house does not have air conditioning oh. which is just brutal mm -hmm. so of course we're trying to find somebody to install air conditioning in the middle of a heat wave which is not easy yeah and and it just needs a lot. It just needs a lot of love, but it is, it is just my forever home. I'm so, mm. it just worked out just the way it was supposed to be. These other houses that we looked at that we didn't get were not this house. And, and so it worked out the way it was supposed to. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled, so thrilled with it. Well, I look forward to hearing about the journey of renovations and making this house a home. I love that. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. The little ones were over yesterday and they were running all through the backyard and there's all kinds of trees that they can climb and there's an apple tree and all kinds of pine trees and everywhere you look in the trees, there's already all these birdhouses oh, wow. that the previous owner had built. Aww. So it's just a really charming home. You could tell that this family really loved living there and loved their time there and and the daughter has been over a couple times to visit already and wanted to see what the floors look like when we ripped up all the carpet. And she's just been telling us stories and it's just a really nice place to land. And I can just see it being our place forever. It's, it's just gonna be amazing. What a special experience to have somebody who's sharing stories about this home. So you, yeah. you understand the history of your home a little bit more. That's a gift that a lot of people don't have. For sure, for sure. The, she lives like three doors up and her father, you know, it was her family home and her father lived there until he passed away at 102. Wow. And she said even at age 100, she would walk down the street and find him like up on the roof doing repairs. and. She was like, you cannot be on the roof. You are a hundred years old. <laughs> and so the house is beautifully maintained. It's the solid house. And it, it is really lovely having her nearby to be able to tell us what it was like. And she's going to bring over pictures of what the huge garden in the backyard used to look like and, and, you know, share those, those moments with us. So it mm. is, it is a gift. Yeah, it feels good to know that the home that you're living in has been well-loved. Yeah, yeah, and it feels that way, for mm. sure. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, I look forward to hearing more and more. There's been a new home in our last year as well, but in this moment, you also find me feeling joyful and on these days it's when i really allow myself to experience the pleasure of a good day because there will inevitably be days that i don't feel this spacious and grateful and joyful and so when they come along you know i love to be just really present in them and in these days remind myself that everything changes and and mm -hmm. and i can i can know that for when i head into a day where i'm not 
feeling just this way. There is a bit of a reason for feeling joyful. I feel a little bit more spacious. I've just finished a project that had a deadline. And you know, when something has a deadline and you work from home, every spare moment that you have, you're head down and you're working on it. I think that I've mentioned on this show a couple of times that my husband and I come from a broadcasting career. So we were both radio hosts and we both stayed in the industry in some respects. And for me, that's been doing some voiceover work from time to time and some writing projects from time to time. And one of the businesses that my husband is involved in and helped to found is a podcast company that produces scripted podcasts. And so So I just took on a project because they got quite busy of writing a five episode scripted series and doing all the interviews for it. So it was really going back into my news anchor days and I loved it. It it was it was such a wonderful way to spend the last month or so, but it was busy. You know, it was on top of the, the yoga therapy clients that I have and the classes that I teach and um, the, the membership program that I have. And I love all of that. And I still love the creativity of writing and um, using my voice in that way. So it, it's kind of interesting how that's back in my life and because it's feeling so good I'm excited for more but I but I just finished yesterday <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's that you know satisfied triumphant feeling that you completed something that was a challenge that was it, it, it felt overwhelming at first and it's just another lesson that when we have a lot going on when we're really busy you cannot think of everything at once. Mm -hmm. You just have to peel it back one action at a time and then you come to the end and it feels good. I can't wait to hear it. That sounds awesome. Yeah. This particular subject matter was so interesting. And that's the other thing. You do a lot of research when you're writing podcasts and it was about a particular couple that have been entrenched in cannabis Canada's cannabis culture for 25 years. And so I learned a lot about these outdated cannabis laws and, and you know, why the name of cannabis was tarnished in the first place and its history and um, more the reality about it. It was just so, so interesting. It was a story that was inspiring and resilient. It's called Weeds. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, really proud of it. It was so fun. And it's nice to have a little bit more space. I have my daughter here for the summer. Um, and so I also want to spend as much time with her as I possibly can before she goes off on on her next adventure. So it is it is a joyful day. It is also hot here in the Central Valley, but I've got that kind of figured out. I get up early and I get outside before it gets hot. As long as you're the, the, the big oven like heat doesn't really set in on hot days until one or two. Mm-hmm. So I can still happily be outside. I don't mind the heat. So I can still happily be outside until about then. And I like to go on bike rides because you're kind of creating your own wind a little bit. I mean, it's hot wind, but at least once you start to sweat, it cools you down. And our community does have a really beautiful pool. So after 
a, a bike ride I get in the water and yeah I just feel so grateful for all of that opportunity and the opportunity to move my body and I know how much that supports my mental health I've known that since I stepped into that yoga room the mm-hmm. first time so yeah all things going in my favor today <laughs> so far good. good good yeah excellent so last week we talked about how I had spent the last year and what that was like and tools or practices and emotions and all the things that 2020 and early 2021 was that roller coaster of everything that we all experienced and so this week we really want to find out about you Lisa how you've spent the past year and what that was like and tools or practices that you used or anything that you want to share with our listeners about your experience mm-hmm. over the past year yeah I almost wish that we could all of us just everybody here everybody listening could be in a big room and we could share what the last 15 to 18 months have been like because I know that everybody has a story the last time that we spoke um, it was just a few months into what we thought was a brief shutdown right we thought that we were quarantining for a couple of weeks and then maybe a couple of months none of us at that point had any idea how long anything would last because you and I had already done some work with zoom I felt proficient with it and I feel really lucky about that as one of my roles as a yoga therapist and a yoga instructor because the studio that was just a huge part of my community and was so important to so many people because it had been open for 25 years in Vancouver, shut its doors two days after the shutdown. And one thing I learned about myself is that a huge part of my own practice is the offering of these skills. And it just became clear right away. And I didn't miss a class just for me. It became clear that, okay, we're, we'll just go online, not knowing how long that would last. And that's what we're going to do. So I have to say that as far as um, emotional regulation in those first few weeks, that kept me going because it gave me a purpose. Um, and being able to see those people that I had seen every week for so many years to be able to continue to do that was in, it was just so comforting. Um, and I've just continued, you know, today, in fact, I'll be teaching not only those students that we've been practicing together on Zoom for all this time, but for students from your studio in Ohio. And as much as I know we, there's nothing like practicing together. I get that and we can't wait to all gather. It's such a gift to have been able to practice in this way. It's been a gift for me to get to know some of the beautiful students that you have at Radiant Yoga and Wellness in Ohio. I think that just an an aside on practicing yoga online because it was a huge part of our year. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the positives about it is that the way we do yoga here in the West, all sort of in one room, it's inspiring in one way. It's a feeling of connection and community in one way. And then for some people, everybody's sort of having, being in full view of each other, that can be hard. Like our attention can go more outward and, and it can be a little fragmenting. Whereas if you've wired in a 
practice at home based on doing classes online, it allows you to be more introspective, like what really works for my body as opposed to I'm going to try to get my body to look like that person. I'm going to try to get the pose that I'm doing to look like the, you know, the, the people in the front row. I think that's been a nice part of it. And I'm hopeful that we all take that into our groups again, just a little bit more introspection and learning what really worked for us when we were in the comfort of our own homes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you, you said you had immediately felt this calling to begin to teach online. Did you do that through the studio that had shut down or did you do that on your own? Yeah, the studio just shut down. It was a bit of a dramatic situation in Vancouver and I can't claim to know a lot about it because this studio had four locations. I think there was over 80 teachers. You know, it's it's not the kind of thing. I mean, we all knew the founder and the owner. She's a global kundalini yoga instructor named Gloria Latham, but I can't say that I've had more than a handful of conversations with her, not like um, sort of the, the management did. I mean, I think it was beautifully run. I think it was run like a family studio as much as you could for a company that was that big and had Mm -hmm. such a beautiful yoga college attached to it but it was just closed there was just an email even to me a teacher Um, I, I got an email I think a minute before the email went out to the student body at large thousands and thousands of people that it's just it's not open anymore and there's all these beautiful locations and these gorgeous neighborhoods of Vancouver and you'd walk by and it was just emptied out so uh, in fact I, I did my own closure and I'm sure a lot of us teachers did because it was a very very special important place and that was it was my main community in Vancouver because I just moved back there for it was a maybe in our fourth year even though I was born in that city I didn't have tons of friends. I have family. And um, so that was just such a big part of community. And I I spent a few days going on walks and just being close to the locations. Because one of those locations, it was on a waterfront. And I would go and visit Vancouver over the years, being my birth city, and my brother lives there. So no matter where we've moved, which has been... New Mexico, San Diego, um, the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia, no matter where we've lived, I've always come back to Vancouver. And as long as I've been practicing yoga, I've gone and practiced at that studio at one of those four locations. And as a baby teacher, I remember going to this specific location on Granville Island on the water and thinking, gosh, what a dream to be able to hold space here to be able to offer these practices here and then I did yeah you manifested that <laughs> so I experienced your dream I I did that wasn't lost on me and so I I did go and go somewhere near that space and and say goodbye because we didn't have an opportunity to say goodbye to each other in that space or to ever set foot in those spaces again so I did just start teaching online by myself and and connect with the students that I had the best way that we can right we we have some email addresses and then through social media um, and then just like you did with radiant yoga and wellness 
I came up with a way that I hope made it simpler for people to practice because, you know, it's nice that there is an exchange. We've done decades worth of training. And so when you're putting out an offering, there is some sort of price tag often, sometimes not, but sometimes Mm -hmm. there is. And, you know, instead of e-transferring or PayPal or whatever, I just created this membership site um, and it's called Vibrancy and Tranquility Daily. And I teach weekly there, but I also post a lot of practices that I pre-recorded just so people can do meditations and breath techniques on their own. And that just felt something that felt like something that could be useful. And I know I've said that here before. My teacher, Brant, my yoga therapy teacher, he's just always asking us, how can you be useful with what you've learned? And um, it's certainly not there are tons and tons of membership programs out there because it is useful. It's nice to have that. I have a few that I'm a member of. And if you have a time when you're practicing at home, you can just search and find the practice that feels right for you. So that's one of the things that I did. I created that. So that was kind of what kept me in my purpose through all of this. And thank goodness, because like many people, there was enormous change afoot in my life. And we know that our brains don't like change. I mean, that's why change can feel so uncomfortable. And I'm glad that I had that information. Um, We had made some plans. What's the saying? You know, we make plans and... God laughs or whatever that's saying. Something like that. Um, but, you know, my husband and I had made some plans. We had purchased a place that was for um, our empty nest days in San Diego. We had planned to go back to San Diego. And then when COVID hit, we are very fortunate to have more than one income stream. And that's actually a decision that we both made because of our years in radio, because it's such a tumultuous business, especially since radio stations started to be bought up by big corporations. The announcers that are on the air, they're just numbers now, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not like these big corporations are invested in the community that you might have created or how long you've been on the air. So Cliff and I have witnessed, I don't even think I've ever talked to you about this kind of thing. It's a whole other podcast on its own, but Cliff and I have witnessed um, management being privy to a sale and management just coming in and saying the radio station has been sold and having security with them and making all the on-air staff just pack up and leave that moment. And that's it. You lose your job. Mm. How traumatizing. Yeah. And, and so we we saw that. We were around that. We've, we've been at radio stations that have been sold, and then suddenly they have flipped formats, and so the announcers didn't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And way back then, um, we decided, okay, we're, if we can, we don't want to have to count on just one employer. And my husband really, really has made that happen in his life, and I'm so grateful for that. But one of those big income streams dried up and so we knew that we were going to leave Vancouver our daughter graduated during COVID and was going to go to New York for a year between high school and college 
And of course, that couldn't happen because that was the city that was suffering the most. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of decisions to make. The pivot was our youngest daughter went to Toronto. Our oldest daughter is there. And she took a year-long college course. And we thought it would open and she would be able to leave her dorm. She was not ever really able to leave her dorm or even visit with many other kids because the rules in Ontario, Canada were so strict. They locked those kids down. Mm, for a whole year. For most of a whole year. Mm. And, um, you know, that was something that became really present to me, both as a mother, but also in my role as a yoga therapist who focuses most on helping people with mental health challenges is I definitely had a lot of my students call me about their young adult children or teenage children. And even just in conversations with my daughter and her social media feeds, I mean, the mental health crisis for young people during COVID is real. Mm-hmm. And to be completely transparent, if there's one reason that I wanted to come back to this podcast, it's because when I was suffering in those over 10 years of chronic panic, a lot of what was fueling that panic were these invasive thoughts that I now know to be irrational, but I did not know that then. And thankfully, these young people are speaking out and trying to overcome some of the stigma about the thoughts that are generated in their mind when the circumstances arise that mental health um, disintegrates. And a circumstance that will disintegrate your mental health is isolation Mm -hmm. and sleep deprivation. Yeah. And these kids, it's not easy to sleep with all of this going on and then they're trying to learn off of a screen and then just everything that we know that a screen does to the brain like it's incredibly depleting it's uh, so many more things are happening in your brain when you're when you're trying to focus off of a screen than it would be if you were listening to a, a human in real life and so the compassion and the the pain that I feel because it's close to home, this, the, this, the mental anguish that was going on during that year for young people. And then the, just the young clients that I worked with, it, um, it breaks my heart. And I also remember, I remember what it feels like to be besieged with all of these thoughts and you're not really sharing them because they're scary and they feel embarrassing to share. So I'll share right now because this is one of the reasons that I wanted to do this. So my irrational thoughts when I was in the midst of disordered anxiety and chronic panic was that I was going to have a heart attack. That that was just that was the thought that was with me all of the time. And so, and, and it's, and it, it started to rule my life. Like I love to move my body. I was always an athlete. I was a figure skater. I, I was a swimmer. I was a baseball player. I was a cyclist. And then I got afraid of my heart elevating too much because I could always, I'm, I'm a person that can always hear her heart. Mm-hmm. And that happened because the first time I had a panic attack, my heart went so fast that I, 
I, I for sure thought that it would explode. I for sure thought this, there's no way that a heart can beat this fast. And that was like this silent fear all of the time. And so, but I was nervous all of the time. So my heart was going fast all of the time. <laughs> and, I, and I can maybe laugh now, but that was hell. Mm-hmm. And these kids, what they're sharing with me is, you know, fears of not being able to breathe. Like that's a common fear yeah, because one, one thing that happens when we feel anxious is our throat closes up. We've all had that feeling, but then couple that with the thought of, I'm not going to be able to breathe. Like this, these are really real fears or, or it's not just anxiety. It's all of these other mental health challenges where invasive thoughts are, are, telling these kids that they're terrible or they're going to do terrible things like that's a whole other facet that is deeply stigmatized that thankfully for them if they're plugged into the right channels on social media people are talking about it people are bringing you know anxiety disorders and OCD out into the light but to hear the anguish from these kids that are just trying to hold it all together that don't want to share these terrible ruminations and terrible invasive thoughts it's just that's just been a big part of my year in kind of all ways and all that I'll say to that if I have anybody listening who's who's got young people that have been struggling or somebody has been struggling look we all struggle with invasive thoughts and we all walk around with thoughts that we did not ask for that we did not generate and they can create havoc if we don't have the skills to question them to interrogate them um to get really like CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, to really like look at evidence of of how that's not true, and you know, had I had I been shown that kind of information when I was going through it, I would have been asked to okay, I would have been asked to really learn about my heart and what the chances are that I that I would have a heart attack. And it actually took going to a cardiologist and having him say, "You have a healthy heart, and your heart can take." this for me to finally let that fear go like I really had to go deep into getting information and and you know make it not emotional anymore make it just factual Um, but I I, yeah I just want to say that we all have those thoughts and these are skills that we can all learn to um, observe them and recognize that thoughts are not threats thoughts are not actions we are so much more than our thoughts we are so much more than labels that we are given when we get diagnoses we're so much more than all of that and so I mean that's been a big part of this year and that was just like one part of change um, because all of this change did end up causing my husband to take an opportunity in radio again and um, so we are in California Central Valley and we're we're good with moving like he and I have moved a lot and we can just make a home wherever we are but this has ended up to be a really beautiful experience we were living in Vancouver and we had chosen to live in a great 
neighborhood where everything is super walkable. I mean, you had something similar to this when I visited you in Columbus. You want to live close to where the action is. And so, you know, you're sacrificing some space. You're sacrificing maybe some yard space. And that was just totally fine with us. We just wanted to be walkable to everything. I love that lifestyle. It was amazing for my daughter. You know, kids don't have to drive there. But then in COVID, a lot of people who are city dwellers realized, wow, you know, I'm working from home. I can work every anywhere. It might be nice to move somewhere a little less expensive and have some space. Mm-hmm. And that is what we, it wasn't that, we didn't make the decision for that reason, but that has ended up happening. We live somewhere where it's not as expensive as many other places around California, the coastal cities. And so we have a home and we are the first owners. And when we moved in, everything was a blank slate and we were able to just as we were talking about with you, we were able to make this house our home. It is our empty nest. Um, although our nest is always open to our babe, (laughs) as is all of ours, if we are parents. Um, and we were able to landscape our yard and I have never been interested in plants. I've, I've never thought I had a green thumb, but in quarantine, it's all about embracing the simple pleasures, right? Right. And I I went from thinking that a really good weekend would be scheduling myself. I'm going to meet with friends. I'm going to go to yoga, get, you know, get reflexology, you know, just like plans. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to go to all the places and not miss a thing. And that has changed so much. I think like so many of us, the gratitude that I have for a home and to be able to create a place where we have everything that we need yeah. and the simple pleasures of tending to my roses. I, I mean, I think a lot of us can relate. I need so much less than I ever thought I did. All I, all I care about is the health, both physically and mentally of the people that I love mm-hmm. or the people that I might be able to be useful for. Like that is, that's it. Yeah, I love, I love how the casualties of COVID, you know, your beautiful studio was definitely an early casualty of COVID, enabled you to dive so deep into what I see as your, the work of your life, working with these young people who needed you in that moment when COVID is isolating them and causing their mental health to decline and this is what you are so passionate about and so to quickly thrust you into that work to create this membership and reach out to the young people and your voice to them I know that they inspire you you know with their with their human experience but you're you have to be such an inspiration to them too because you're very honest and sharing your experiences you know talking about how you thought your heart would literally stop from what you were feeling and and I think that is so important for them to to hear somebody else's experience and to be able to witness the beautiful life that you have you know that that you give them a vision for their future so even though that studio 
came to an abrupt end. I, I see that as the launching pad for you to immediately be able to move quickly into this next phase of working with these young people. And I, I can hear in your voice just how much you are so heartfelt in in helping them navigate, you know, what they're experiencing. And and I think they are also super authentic and brave in how they speak about mental health. And and you know, you see Demi Lovato and you see Michael Phelps and and you know they're talking about going to therapy and and very much making that you know part of your healthy maintenance and and i think for my age group we didn't talk about that we just suffered for far too long and so i really think your work with the young people and and their ability to articulate what is happening to them is is really inspiring to watch I do say it here in my household a lot and to the young people that I work with. Yeah. Let, if you can, if you can find a place to talk about it, get it out of the shadow, get it out of the darkness where it has so much power, you know, especially if like most of us who struggle with these kinds of issues, we keep it inside all day long while we can be distracted and then night comes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that's when it is just it's just it's torturous it's torturous to lay awake with all of this and so as much as you can in daylight hours bring it out into the light and tell somebody that you trust about your thoughts and what you're thinking and or look around a little bit because what you will find is thousands and thousands of others who have shared thoughts that you thought were incredibly crazy that made you unlovable that made you somehow broken or bad you will find that other people have shared that experience and and that is one of the positives of social media that you don't have to look too far to find people that you can relate with so yes let's let's just keep talking and that's what this show is going to be a big part uh, uh, of is just keeping these conversations going and then I don't I wonder if you felt this way too because mm, throughout the pandemic many of us who had a role to play we could really distract ourselves with that role mm-hmm. we could we could dive into this is my purpose and there's so much processing to be done <laughs> yeah and so I kept because I have a habit of moving within and asking myself, okay, like, how, how are you doing? How is all this landing? I wondered sometimes if I was sort of numbing to just sort of the, the greater issues that were facing all of us and the fear that was everywhere because it was also a time when we were all just waking up to so many so so here we are waking up to these uh, this these horrors in our own mind but there are very real horrors going on all around the world that we're hearing about consistently not to mention the very real threat of <laughs> getting very sick just by being around each other and i i did notice and i haven't spoken with you about this yet but and especially when it hits close to home, there's a disenchantment. 
uh, and I, I sort of went through a process of just being disenchanted. I, I think that we, and maybe it's different, and I thought of you a lot because you are there on the front lines and you're seeing the very real aspects of life. Like it is not hidden from your view. Whereas for many of us in our own homes, we can turn on the TV and, and we can, you know, read the news and we can feel what's happening in the world and we can feel pain associated with what's going on and huge social justice issues that are going on. But we can distract ourselves then again and we can, we can, we have the privilege of letting it go. Many of us do, some of us do, not all of us do. And when something painful and uncomfortable Mm happens in your own life, loss in some way, whether it's financial loss or home loss or loss of mental health. Um, It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a wake up call on its own. And I've never been one to think everything happens for a reason. And, but in our line of work, and, and I guess more this wellness space, there can be magical thinking. And then you turn me on to a podcast that we both really respect, which is the Conspirituality Podcast. And because I haven't gone that deep into social media, I didn't, I had no idea how much of this wellness world thinks in a way that, it, <laughs> that I guess was incredibly, sobering, depressing. Like I think I went into a little bit of a depression when I first started listening to conspirituality, just because we're just, just to really come to the truth of our division in so many ways of the way that human beings look at the world and how, you know, me wearing a mask uh, for the reasons that I believe it's the right thing to do. Some other people see that as like being a sheep or something. I mean, just all of that, that all of that, that was all, that was all very sobering. Yeah, it, it, that podcast, I did very much go down a deep dive with conspirituality and, and how conspiracy theories have infiltrated these landscapes that you and I navigate in the yoga world and the wellness world and the holistic world. And you and I both have a very firm footing in, we believe in science Mm -hmm. and, and to have it be so polarized was like you said, very sobering and the division that it created in our communities and, and you use the word disenchanted and, and that resonates with me as well as I felt like I was disassociating almost like I couldn't really make any sense of it. I couldn't find the logic in it of how these communities or, or wellness influencers or, you know, big, big names in the yoga world or the wellness world or the holistic world were spouting off these very dangerous mm-hmm. theories and how it was in direct opposition to what I believed and what I was seeing and what I was experiencing. And and I just really felt like some days I was living in a different universe than a lot of the other population because I didn't understand how they were so firmly rooted in their beliefs that were so 
different from from what I felt to be true. Mm-hmm. And I still feel that like I, I haven't that I haven't quite reconciled that, you know, everything is opening back up and we're not being confronted with health orders any anymore, at least where I live, all the health orders have been lifted. So the masks aren't as prevalent as they were and the mask mandates are gone. And so you don't have that confrontation anymore. So it feels like it's a little bit less, but you know that those people said those things or believed those things or promoted those things. And so it, you know, it's just a hard, it's a hard thing for me to kind of move past right now. Mm -hmm. And being a parent of somebody who's 19 and is learning about the world and learning about how things work, these social justice issues, I know that just from the young people that I know, that they feel beleaguered. They just feel overwhelmed with the world that they're stepping into. And that does not help everything that we were just speaking about. That does not help their mental health. I wanted to, you were talking about bringing things out into the daylight and and in the recovery world, there's a, a mantra or a saying that says, our secrets keep us sick. Mm-hmm. And, and I really believe that. And And I think what you're saying is very similar, that if we can bring things out into the light and share with even just one person what our experience is, how lighter that can feel. And I know you and I both are huge fans of Glennon Doyle. Mm -hmm. And and she talks a lot about truth telling and, you know, just telling the truth and, and what that's like. And I think, you know, again, I think the younger people are much better at that than we are. You know, sometimes I wanted my daughters to not tell me so much <laughs> sometimes, but mm-hmm. but I do think that they, they are much better than we are at sharing their experience. Well, and now you're just leading it in so beautifully to, you know, on, on the show, we love to tell stories and, and then we love to share the practices that that we have dedicated our so much of our life to and how maybe they supported us. And when I was navigating disenchantment, I learned that holding many things in your mind at once is helpful because within my life right now, there are things that I wish were different and I don't have any control of those things. And within my life right now, there is a lot of beauty and a lot of love and a lot of joy. And it's really just holding both of those at the same time and noticing when I'm in the part of my brain that is going to take me into overwhelm because I'm in fear and knowing why my brain is doing that. That's that's how we're wired. We're wired for survival to look for what's going wrong, to understand that. But to know that, you know, there's a time to sit and strategize and and do the best that I can with the information that I have and gather information from all of the places to make choices. And it's not every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. There's a time to fight for change and to be outraged over injustice and to take action that you can when you can and to not have a blind eye. And there's a time for rest and rejuvenation and you know, taking care of the roses, you know, it, it has to be both. Um, and then presence. I I think I talk about presence so much 
with the people that I'm that I'm with or my students because I do think it's one of the most healing states that we can be in and the most challenging state we can be in until we have the experience of it. And even though there was all of this change, I mean, literally moving back to our other home country because we are citizens of both Canada and uh, the U.S. because our daughter was born here in the U.S. But that's an enormous move. You know, in the middle of a pandemic, when I said goodbye to my mom and dad after quarantining with them for the summer while my husband was here getting things settled, I mean, I did not know when I was going to be able to be let back into my home country. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I did have to go back to be supportive for a family member, I had to stay in a government sanctioned hotel for three days <laughs> until I was released out into society. And then I had to quarantine for another um, 11 days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, there was big change in where we lived, how we lived. Um, there was just big change for every single member of my family. And if I look at that all at once, yes, that's overwhelming. But if I could be present in every moment of it, and I, I didn't always succeed, but I will say that 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 was a big practice that was helpful for me is just staying present in every moment because yes choices were being made and changes were happening but right here right now i'm just here with somebody that i love we're sharing a meal we're watching this show and we all watched a lot of netflix and <laughs> that should, that'll be a whole other conversation all the shows that we discovered you know right. there was there was still there was still just so many moments to savor and so looking back i i didn't ever really feel panicked or like a super loss of control i had big emotion oh yeah big emotion big resistance um but presence yeah just just the practice of of being present with what is and what is within myself was helpful. And then just going back to embracing, embracing joy when we can. And sometimes we do need to distract ourselves. Sometimes we do, but um, embracing joy because it's our birthright and even in the most challenging moments, there is usually some beauty. And sometimes we may not be able to see that for days and weeks and months, but we will again, just like we can have a day that feels awful and everything feels like it's going wrong. And then all of a sudden we'll wake up and we met a deadline (laughs) and we had time to go for a bike ride, you know? Yeah, yeah. Glennon says that life is beautiful, mm-hmm. brutal, yes, brutal, brutal and beautiful, both brutal and beautiful. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. Yes, that is a much more eloquent way. Had only I come up with that word. Wait, way to go, Glennon. Way to go, Glennon. We can't all be Glennon. There can no, only be one Glennon. That's like, true. There's only one Glennon. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I mean, I don't know if I touched on everything that brought me to right now, but, um, you know, I know that we'll continue to share um, in, in, in the weeks to come. But gosh, it's just nice to be able to talk with you again. Yeah. Yeah. I've missed this. And yeah, I don't think we can sum up 16 or 18 months in an hour. So we'll have to keep talking all of us that is probably the theme here in this episode let's find someone who's safe to talk to and keep talking yeah well i'm so grateful to have you to talk to me too love you amy love you thank you for listening to the radiant warrior podcast If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.